The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. You're listening to the Underdog Sports NBA Show with host Tyler Laurie and Zandrick Ellison. Brought to you by Underdog Sports. Tune in every week as Tyler and Zan recap the biggest storylines and news in the NBA. Welcome to episode 106 of the Underdog Sports NBA show. I am Tyler Laurie and I am joined on this fine Friday by Zandrick Ellison. Zan, happy Friday, happy end of the bubble. How are you? End of the play-in bubble, I should say. Yeah, you're right. End of the play-in bubble. We we were talking about what a smashing success it had been. It kind of intensity lessened, I would say, in the last it, few days. It did. Uh, it did peter out a bit. I will not argue with you there. <laughs> but hey, you know, I think everyone at the end of the day thinks it was a big success. Still, uh, maybe except for the Phoenix Suns. Well, let me ask you this: while we're talking about that, so as of this recording, there are four games left today. They have no bearing on any sort of playoff series. Pacers, Heat, and Rockets, and Oklahoma City, all four of those teams play uh, at the same time. Pacers, Heat actually play each other, and they have the same records, but they're locked in the four and five seed anyway, and home court advantage doesn't really matter that we know of. So, Phoenix, let me ask you about this. Do you think the NBA is now regretting a little bit the way that this played out in the sense that Phoenix could go 8-0 in the bubble, and Memphis goes 2-6, and and Memphis still makes the playoffs? Like, I think it's great that Memphis is rewarded for what they did in the regular season prior to the restart. But like, do you think like if Phoenix could go eight, no, and not make the playoffs, like why were they and not even make the play in? Why were they even in the bubble? You know? Yeah. I mean, eight, no is, is better than you would think any team would do even any of the teams. And yeah. two and six is, is worse than you would even expect for a lowly team like and, Memphis. And it was a situation that you talked about weeks ago that Memphis probably only had to win a couple games and they were going to get Milwaukee on the, their last game of the restart. And Giannis goes and gets himself ejected in a game that doesn't matter against the Wizards. I don't know if he would have played today anyway, but he headbutts Mo Wagner, gets a game suspension. And like exactly what you said, like the Bucks didn't care to play on Thursday. Like they just got themselves blown out by Memphis. It wasn't even interesting. Yeah, like Memphis hasn't won any games where people are trying. <laughs> I wonder if they should have said, because correct me if I'm wrong, but Memphis and Phoenix are going to end at 34 and 39 apiece, right? Yes, correct. And Memphis has the tiebreak. And then Portland is 35 and 39. Right. So, so they're a half game up for the eighth spot, yeah, which is better Portland, anyway. Portland deserves it, obviously. Um, because the natural argument, you said it, is Phoenix should have played better before. I mean, like, look, the total record. But the fact that they're tied... And by all like metrics, Phoenix is a better team, except for the tiebreaker that counts. I wonder if they should have maybe, you know, this is in hindsight, the thought the tiebreaker is your bubble record. Mm. You know, that could have been, a, you know, something that got Phoenix but in. But the problem is it's an unbalanced schedule, which it is right. anyway, right? Because they haven't played the same amount of games, but there was a situation where had Portland lost on Thursday night, they end up a half game back and Memphis is the eighth seed, Phoenix is the ninth seed. And I just think that like, I'm not saying that the NBA had any sort of foresight. They were going to end up in the situation where there were four teams legitimately trying to get in the play in tournament, right? We, we talk about this with the Pelicans. Sacramento lost a couple games early, so they were kind of out of it before it even started. But like, it would have made total sense at this point in time to have 
Portland play San Antonio, have Phoenix play Memphis, and then have the winners play each other to just make the playoffs, right? Like, it would have been yeah. total sense, in, but you can't pivot. You, you can't you know, predict you, it. And, yeah. and Memphis, like, we thought maybe Memphis slips down to nine, maybe. But, like, you know, they were well into the eighth spot. They, it was almost were, like the system were, was rigged to see who's going to play Memphis. And, it was and that. Still, I would imagine Memphis has every reason to be upset, right? Zan, like three and a half, they were three and a half games up going into the bubble. They had a very tough schedule. They, they lost some games they probably should have won, but like, you're exactly right. Like everybody was just hoping that Portland and the other team would have been New Orleans with Zion was going to catch Memphis and play each other really to, to play the Lakers. And now it seems overwhelming. I would say like, no, who's rooting for Memphis? Nobody's rooting for Memphis, right? Everybody wants to see Portland play the Lakers and it's weird because you know as excited as everyone was about Zion you know maybe the NBA rigged everything to have Zion everyone wants to see Zion rookie they got, rookie, rookie, rookie. They got Devin Booker and he's probably been the second or third best player in the bubble well it's like but the question for Memphis is John Morant was rookie of the year he's a very exciting player like why does everyone still not want to see Memphis is it the small market is it just the team's not very good what do you think it is I mean, I think that's part of it, right? They're just not very good at this point. They played above expectation this year, which is a testament to a young team playing hard, a well-coached team, our guy, Taylor Jenkins. But, like, I just think that they don't have a chance to beat the Lakers, right? Mm-hmm. Ja himself is very exciting. But, again, like you said, like, Memphis is a small market team. The rest of their team's not super exciting. Jaron Jackson is is not playing. He's injured. So, like, other than John Morant, you know, Dylan Brooks is a pretty fun guy to watch, but like they just don't have like the type of star power you'd expect. And I, I'm pretty sure the NBA is pretty excited about the idea of game hitting 45 footers, uh, you know, on Alex Caruso on primetime television, right? Like they don't, like yes. Memphis, like it would be great. It'd be an awesome situation for, I think, for John Morant to get to play the Lakers in like a 1 8 series, his rookie year. Like you can build that up, but at the end of the day, like Dame's one of the, I mean, you were saying like one of the 10, maybe like somebody told me they thought he was like the sixth best player. Was that you? Yeah, I was going to make yeah. that argument as well. A different person probably said the same. Um, and in terms of formatting, we're going to be talking about all these sort of play-in teams, the losers and the, the bubble yeah, teams. Yeah, we're going to go quick on those. The play-in game the is The bubble Saturday. of the bubble, they call yeah. it. Um, so the first play-in game is Saturday. But I believe. It's I have Saturday. a question for you. Memphis doesn't have a shot against the Lakers. Do they have a shot? in the play-in series. I don't think so. I just don't. I mean, like, they're just not playing particularly well. Like, I'm not saying – and you have to beat teams that are playing twice. Now, Portland, they have played a lot of close games with Dallas. The Dallas game being, like, probably the most exciting game of the last four or five days, right? Yes. I, I didn't want – you watched it live. I watched, I watched the second it live. It was great. It was just – it's like the modern NBA. It's just like tons of shot making, tons of threes, and you really do marvel at the skill. And it's not like, you know, oh, they're not playing defense. It's just like it's impossible to play defense against like a spaced floor and everyone can shoot. Yeah, it, it is. It is funny that people make that argument. Now, when defenses are as good as they've ever been, it's just the the way the NBA has evolved is different. I, I will say the one thing that I was so impressed with and I was worried about this was what what was Portland going to do? if CJ McCollum just didn't show up, right? If he, Cause that doesn't normally happen. Like he, he has bad games, but like he shoots two for 14 and like Melo goes off for 26. Like we can't stop this guy, you know? And then Dame just down the stretch. Dame just made every shot. It, it was what he's sort of known to do. Yeah. I kind of, well, I was going to make like, we're talking this. about, oh, let me make the argument. I was almost going to make a devil's argue, advocate. They call it um, argument for <laughs> devil's advocate. You know that term? Yes, I do. 
can you imagine if you're a lawyer, like a public defender, and then you get assigned your case docket that day and it's the devil? <laughs> like that's a pretty <laughs> tough case to win, I think. Aren't you the one telling me we're on a schedule? Yeah, they're not, you're, you're not winning against the devil, right? Because he's not going to fight fair either. I w- you know what I would say if I was the devil's advocate? I'd say, I don't think we're going to get a fair trial here. I think people know who the devil is. They have a reputation about him and a perceived notion. I think we need to move the trial elsewhere. <laughs> that's what I would say. Um, off the earthly plane, I would say. <laughs> um, anyway, so um, I think uh, Devil's Advocate, Damian Lillard, top, f- I was going to try to make the top five argument. I don't think that's possible, but the argument is sort of, you know, you call them a poor man's James Harden, but isn't that exactly the kind of skill that you want in the modern NBA? Is a guy who's going to be able to score at a high volume and a high efficiency? Is there any skill more important? No, I mean, Dame is really good. Uh, my, my issue with the Damian Lillard thing is that, like, I just think he gets a pass all the time because I think the media really likes him, right? He's yes, a good they guy. definitely love him. He's a good guy. He has, like, a lot of credibility in terms of, like, a, being a culture builder. He had the, the thing with Paul George already where he said, like, you, know, you guys are chumps, like, quit changing teams, which is funny. But, like, at the same time, like, I mean, Portland's fighting tooth and nail, and he's having these amazing games and games that matter so he can try to make the playoffs to play the Lakers in a series they're probably going to lose because their team stunk this year. Like they yeah, just they were weren't. really bad. And it's and not it, his fault. I mean, like, No, he had an amazing year. He probably had his best season this year, right? right? And, and so if you were to make the argument for, let's say, top six, you would say, like, there's this whole argument sometimes when you judge best players. Like, what do they do? You know, overall skill set, like somebody like Paul George – checks more boxes but it's just like hey Lillard shoots 40 percent on 10 threes a game this year like that's the skill that matters right now um and same with like Jokic I like Jokic you love Jokic the skill that he has like hey it's a big man who's a great passer like that's not the skill that you would build a team around ideally right I mean, if you look at the NBA right now, right, and then we'll get into these other bubble teams in a second, and I'll just say that I think Portland's going to play the Lakers, and then we'll preview that series on on Sunday. But if you look at the NBA right now, Zan, there's only like four guys in the NBA that have been the best player on a title team, right? LeBron, Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, and Kawhi Leonard. So Curry, and two of know, them are hurt, right? And Curry, we know, is a, a very much an outlier. Like, you know, probably the best guard in the NBA when healthy. Maybe not so much anymore, but like. As crazy as I am about James Harden and as I argue and yell until I'm blue in the face that, like, you don't need a title to still have a mantle of, like, this unbelievable player, like, I don't know that he's going to be able to win a title in his career without teaming up with somebody else. I don't know. I would assume Giannis is going to win a title. I'm a little more dubious that it's going to happen this year than I was before. (laughs) He's not looked good at all. But, like, I just wonder with a guy like Damian Lillard, like, where do you judge him? Because he's had some tremendous playoff successes, and then they were awful against Golden State last year in the playoffs, and they got swept. He got swept against the Pelicans a couple years ago when they were the three seed. Like, so at a certain point, like, Dame probably deserves to hear about his deficiencies as well, but it always seems to say, like, oh, you know, he can't play with C.J. McCollum. You need to get him a different guy. They've had injuries. I mean, he got outplayed by Drew glad. I'm glad he's having a moment now. It almost did he feels not like have, wait, but did he not have a moment yeah. against Oklahoma last City last year? Like, right. wasn't that a moment? And, and that was awesome, Portland. too. Yeah. They, I mean, sorry, they didn't beat Portland. They beat Denver. Denver, yeah. Um, and then they got swept by a Kevin Durant-less team. But I, I feel like his reputation now is at an all-time high, even. It is. And, it is. And I don't think it's a coincidence that 
all the other like superstars are sort of either injured or taking it easy. Um, Cause it's almost like if Damian Lillard played in the league without James Harden and without Steph Curry, like wouldn't he be considered the best guard in the game and he would be a legendary player. It's almost like he's, he does everything that they do just a little bit worse. So he's like very much overlooked. He's sort of like the Michelle Williams of destiny's child. Do you remember Michelle Williams? It's pretty good, but she's the third one, right? She's like the third one. Yeah. yeah it was like Beyonce, <laughs> I mean, I Beyonce, she's talented. Be- Beyonce and Kelly Rowland were the other two, right? Was there another yes. one? There I think there was another one that got kicked out at one point. Oh, my goodness. There's three at a time. That's and so, like, I guess Steph as, like, the face of the league is a Beyonce, and Kelly Rowland is your favorite, uh, you know, in real life. She and, had and, a decent, yeah. success, decently successful, like, single with Nelly. Like, her, you know, I mean, she's not terrible. Right? Right. Yeah, no. And so, <laughs> so James Harden winning the title this year would be, like, Kelly Rowland, like, winning a Grammy next year. You know, like, maybe she could break through. She's talented, I think. I don't know. I don't know either. So we, I think we both agree. Maybe Memphis can win a game. I don't think Memphis. I think they'll win one, just because it's like you know, that's just the NBA. Like you can win a game. Um, so, so let's. If talk. Charlotte was in there, they could win a game. It's possible. So why don't we talk about the teams that are losers? Not- so let's talk about team number one who won well, one game in the bubble, right? Had zero business being there, but did beat the Boston Celtics on Thursday. That would be the Washington Wizards. There was no play-in in the, in the Eastern Conference. They were very, very bad this year. Your kind of thoughts on them and playing GM? I love it. This is my favorite thing, even more than picking winners, is like, this is a bad team or a team that needs work. What do you do? Like, you're the GM. You're the owner. Tommy what changes Shepard, do you make? So let's just talk about a couple things real quick. Scott Brooks last year of his contract is coming up. Could obviously be fired, he, but maybe not. Tommy Shepard was in a one-year deal as their general manager this year. Uh, this was his first year as well. They are expecting John Wall at full strength. However, it, you know you can be at full strength following an Achilles injury. Brad Beal was out with like a shoulder injury. That's not really going to cause any concern. He doesn't need surgery. So kind of what you see is what you get with this Wizards team. Well, I was going to say that's the challenge of playing fake GM is like almost every team. I do this for fun sometimes, as sad as it is. Like, what could they do differently? Almost every team is like, you know, capped out or whatever, maxed out the salary cap. And like, there's not that much wiggle room. So it's like, you're kind of stuck with the team you have, unless you think about trades and the draft. Um, for the Wizards, same situation because Wall makes so much money and Beal makes so much money. And then Davis Bertans, the Latvian sharpshooter, had a great year, is a free agent on top of that. So, like, right. how important do you think it is for him to come back? They are – I would be very, very surprised if Davis Bertans was re-signed. I just don't see that being the case. Like, see, he's I, on, I think he's he's not. he shot 42% this year on three. No, no, I'm not saying that he – shouldn't that he should should or should not be resigned i just think he's going to get overpaid like and that's fine like he is a tremendous jump shooter but i just don't see them re-signing davis bertans because i just don't think they're going to pay like 40 or 50 like what did bogdan bogdanovich get like four years like like, 20 million a year yeah and i don't know that davis bertans will get quite that much but like i don't think they're going to pay like four for 60 for davis bertans i don't see that happening well he's also i think he's torn his acl twice I mean, and that's why he didn't play in the bubble because he's like, hey, I'm very fragile. Yeah, correct. Um, probably not a great sign for him for long-term prospects, but I think they'll re-sign him. And I just think, what else can they do? Like, what do you, what's your take on like Thomas Bryant? Not to get like 
nitty gritty. Well, he I mean, put I up stats he, in the bubble, but yeah, I think he's going to play. I think they really like him as an energy big. He's clearly, I don't think he's really the answer. Uh, Jan Mahimi is, is finally mercilessly or mercifully gone. Well, I'm not sure which word is correct, but they do have, you know, like, you know, Troy Brown, you know, Kevin O'Connor from the ringer wrote a nice piece on Troy Brown improving. And he's, he's pretty, pretty shown a little that. Yeah, he's not. Troy bad. Brown's pretty good. Rui is kind of who he is. I think you want him to take another step as like a shot maker and a defender. But, you know, Rui showed a little bit of a pulse. But the bottom line is this. Like, if this team's going to be a playoff team, it's because Wall comes back and he's committed to defending and he kind of gets under Brad Beal's skin. And the two of them are, you know, two of the best five players in the East. And they have an opportunity. And if that's not the case, and if John is, you know, 50% of what he used to be as a – point guard who struggles to shoot the basketball from time to time, like they're not going to be successful. And I would imagine Brad Beal will be on his way out the door at that point. And then it's a total rebuild. Would be yeah, my guess. Well, it's funny with us talk about Devin Booker and, you know, we mentioned Zach Levine last show. It's like they get so much flack for not playing defense. And then, but it seems like everyone loves Bradley Beal. And I don't see, I love Bradley Beal too. He's a terrible, he's a terrible defender. I mean, is the there idea, a huge difference between Bradley Beal and Devin Booker at this point? No, I think they're very, very similar. Brad averaged more points and he's had some more success at a higher level, I think. But like when you're talking about like who's going to be third team all NBA and like people are complaining and tweeting at Zach Lowe and stuff like Brad Beal, like the Wizards were the worst off, worst defense in the league. Like you can't, at a certain point, you got to take responsibility for that, I think. So yeah. I mean, that's why I would fire Scotty Brooks, but I think you would not, right? You're just pro coach. I just don't think, like, at this point in time, he, he has a coach. Well, he right? has a really good relationship with Wall and Beal, and, like, that's so important. So I just feel like that's not going to be the case. And we've talked a little off, bit about off camera. You vehemently defended Adrian Griffin. <laughs> yeah, I did do that. All right, let's go to the – so let's, let's talk about the Wizards. What's their ceiling, in your opinion, next year? Like, best case scenario, they're like the five like seed. Like eight seed. I, I, think, I think even lower. I, I mean, well, to go I from the 30th true. defense. I guess that's true, right, because we're assuming this. So the Bucks are out. The Bucks are going to be good next year. Boston's going to be good yeah. next year. Toronto, I don't know yet because I'm, I'm guessing they'll be good. But, you know, obviously Gasol, Fred Van Vliet all need to get paid. So they maybe are kind of in flux. Indiana, we think, will be pretty good. Like, they're pretty solid now. The Sixers should be pretty solid. The Nets should be quite good. And then uh, I'm missing one other team, right? Oh, no, that's it. So, like, the Wizards, I guess, like, the eighth or seventh seed, right? Like, yeah, I mean, you get, I, and I'm counting on Wall being, like, 75% and the offense being good and the defense being bad. I think they really – I don't know what it is. I'd be curious to – like, the thing that Washington, I think, has to offer, they don't have much money, but it's, like – if he's healthy, John Wall's good to play with. Gets guys have paid. like, yeah. And so, if you're a big guy, like, I, I mean, Demarcus Cousins, like, is is probably a shell of himself. But it, you know, it would be an appealing situation if you were a star like that who can't get money elsewhere, like Hassan Whiteside. Like, what if he can't get any money anywhere? That would be the terrible. He would be he would be very bad with Wall, I think. But you know, we'll see. But you know what so I mean? Like somebody time. like that, like where you just like but, miss out on all the other deals, and you're like, he, hey, I, I need if, to go somewhere. I guess like if the argument though, like I'm pretty sure like their starting lineup next year, and I can't guarantee this. Like I don't know this for sure, but my guess is their starting lineup will be Wall, Beal, Troy Brown, Rui, and Thomas Bryant. And you're pretty athletic, pretty yeah, springy. Not you're not great defensively unless John is really really good, like 2016. John Wall uh, you know you're struggling defensively I think in that situation but I mean I don't know you know what I mean like that's they're not that's not a terrible lineup but it, it is very the ninth much. pick right now right so um, which is you know good for them and I mean it's actually bad for them in the sense that 
they're the one team like the bubble like the draft lottery stat like rankings whatever it's called slotting was set pre-bubble so that's good for phoenix for example but bad for washington because they racked up enough losses they should have been a little higher than worse yeah there's no shortage of action going on with our exclusive partners at betonline.ag. Sports are slowly making its way back. MLB and now NBA join UFC, boxing, NASCAR, and soccer. BetOnline has all the best odds and lines for the upcoming games and matches. Need more? BetOnline has simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC happening every day live for you to check out. Looking for something else other than sports? BetOnline also has hundreds of live casino games, poker tournaments, and all the best props in the business. Visit betonline.ag or use your mobile device and join now to receive your new welcome bonus and start playing today. Bet Online, your online wagering experts. Visit betonline.ag and don't forget that promo code podcast1. That's P O D C A S T O N E for your sign up bonus. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, let's do your ne- the next team everybody wants to freaking talk about them. They actually end up with the second worst record in the bubble. They probably are going to get their coach fired. I don't know. But this is the New Orleans Pelicans. We're, we've talked so much about them over the last six months. So yeah. I don't want to, like, belabor this. Well, I'm trying to think of big decisions. This is just Gentry. Would you fire Gentry? Would I you think... sign? Give me yes, no to these questions. Would you fire okay. Gentry? Would you re-sign Derek Favors? I'm going to give you – you know, I really like Derek Favors, honestly. I, yes, no. I'm going to say yes on Alvin Gentry is out the door. I'm going to say – Yes, I, I'm going to say no. I would not resign Derek Favors. I do really like Derek Favors, and I think. Well, actually, I've thought of some more questions too. Because well, they're going to resign. I'm Brandon presuming Ingram. you're going to pay Brandon Ingram. Correct. Right? I would imagine that as well. I don't know if he'll get a totally. I, I don't know if anyone will give a max deal because I don't know what the situation is with the salary cap. But I would imagine the Pelicans will match whatever offer sheet he gets. Which seems what about, pretty reasonable. Uh, and I think the other big question they have to answer is Lonzo Ball, like. I kind of warming to him. It seems like fans are turning on him. He played, played ter- I mean, he played terrible in the bubble, you know, yeah. and that's a killer. So, and he's going to be a free agent after next year. And so do you pay him? Do you trade Drew Holiday to, you know, give him like the free reign? I, I, I mean, you don't have to make the decision yet about paying him, but you would have to trade Drew Holiday now if you want to get max value for him. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. I don't think you end up making it. I mean, you're definitely not going to. I mean, Drew's going to be 31 years old. Which it seems insane, right? It feels like he's been around forever. He really has been like 2000, 2009 draft for that guy. He's going to be thirty one years old at the end of at the end of next year. So, I think you're paying Lonzo probably. I think you need to figure out a way to kind of bring him along slower or bring him along like a little bit more to see like, all right, can he guard the other team's best wing like Drew does? Can he handle the ball a bunch, or is he just going to be a spot up shooter? And Brandon Ingram's going to have the ball in his hands a ton, and then Zion's obviously going to have the ball in his hands. And if that's the case, then probably would rather keep Drew, but the problem is if you ship out a 23-year-old Lonzo Ball, like, I mean, he should be just entering his prime and you're going to pay Drew Holiday? It's just, that's a weird thing, and I think, like, obviously they have a lot of cap space and right. they have a lot See, of really... I, I'm, I've been warming on Lonzo just because I'm like, look, he's not going to be Magic Johnson, but his shot's looking better. Can he just defend pretty well with his size he passes well can he be ricky rubio i mean can he be the fourth best player on a championship team you know what i mean i think so i'm starting to think so just because i'm like like especially because you you're building around zion and ingram and and balls your fourth best player right now probably and they and i mean they're they i don't remember off the top of my head i can i'll go look at this right now but they don't they have like 
Don't they have like a zillion picks? Yeah, they have a ton of picks. They have a lot of room, as you said, because a lot of rookie deals. So like they could pay Derek Favors, you know, $15 million next year if they want on a short-term deal. Will someone want to come play with Zion too? You know, can they get a better free agent? There's not a ton of good free agents, but like, is that the case with them? I I don't know. I I don't know at all. They have, I don't know if they have a pick next year, to be honest. Okay, so so in 2020, they have, they do not have Cleveland's first. So they have a first round pick they have a, and they have three seconds. But then next year is when they have probably a Cleveland's second. And then they have the Lakers first, which is one through seven protected. So they'll have two first round picks then, I would assume. So what's their upside, do you think? I'm going to assume, I, I'm gonna assume said he wants to work on his body. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to hear that story for the next 10 years. Um, yeah, I'm going to assume they're going to fire Alvin Gentry, right? Like you feel that way too. I, I've been hearing. I didn't think so, but I've been hearing that. So I, I would think they should. He's been around. He's been on the team for what five or six years now. He's it's just such like he's a, a new coach. He's just such a likable guy, and I understand that like likable guy doesn't win you titles. But like it's a, it's it, again, we don't really know going into this off season what teams are going to do. Like you said, Nate McMillan was on the hot seat and he got an extension. So you don't know what right. you're talking about. Well, and David Griffin, who runs the team, hired Ty Lue in Cleveland, so he's been a rumored candidate. Right, and if you um, think there's a chance Ty Lue is going to get hired by the Nets, can you go hire Ty Lue in the next week? You know, can yeah, you get you're an interview? available. Because David Griffin's presumably in the bubble, right? So he can do yes. the interview. So like, Although I think they're supposed to leave. I think they said they have to pack they up, are, and, pack up and leave. Yeah, they're gone. They're probably out of there. So I don't know. Ty Lue is an interesting candidate. I mean, I he's not a difference maker. I, I still think this team could – I think they could make the playoffs next year. I do uh, too. I do too. It's a tough conference, obviously, but like if Zion shows you what he did earlier in the season. Yeah, if you get sixty five games of this yeah. Zion, like if you no, get sixty a- games at thirty minutes, like I'd almost take that at this point. Yeah. Okay. Uh Sacramento, thirty one and forty one. Disappointing year for them, I would say. Uh a team that I, I I think we both agreed at the beginning of the season thought they could actually play better than last year and finish right. with the worst record because they finished. They're like the Memphis of last year. So very, very interesting uh, group of guys, right? They have only one guy under contract who's over 30 years old next season. And that's Bielitsa, who's I believe 32, but they seem to be doing everything they can to just piss off Buddy Heald, right? After giving him like $90 million. So they're playing yeah, Bogdanovich, he, which is like so weird because like why would you showcase that guy when you – they And Buddy said he doesn't want to come back next year in the same role off the bench. So your choices are for this team, I think, look, they just hired Luke Walton. And I know he had a disappointing first year. It's hard to imagine they fire him after one year. I can't. I, they won't do that. I'd, so be, the, I'd be stuck. Really, Bogdanovich – you know, and if the, everyone had space, he would get really overpaid or paid well. I don't know now, but like then you have the issue: can you play Buddy Heald and Bogdanovich? Is that good enough defensively? Jabari Parker has a six and a half million dollar player option, which is unbelievable. Well, the problem is Bagley's not a great defender, of course. Buddy Small, Bogdanovich well, Holmes is okay. Might be better than Marvin Bagley. I would pay him. I mean, I, I like the lineup. I, I just don't know why they don't want to just go, hey, let's just outscore people. Let's go Fox, Buddy, Bogdanovich, Harrison Barnes, Bagley, try to run people off the court. They, they just seem so reluctant to do that. And that, that may be their best option, and we may see that next year. This is a team that I don't think has a ton of decisions to make outside of do you re-sign Bogdanovich? And then what do you kind of do with your free agents, right? Because 
or what do you kind of do with the people you try to sign? You, you got to play Bagley. It's it's year three. He had a really rough start to the year. I don't know what they'll do with like your Harry Giles types. I, I, I want it to happen, but like just doesn't seem like it's going to. Yeah. Alex Len, like Yogi Ferrell, you know, they have a lot of guys on this roster that Kent Bazemore has got 20 million coming off the book. So they're going to have some money. And like I said, I don't know if you use that to pay Bogdanovich because like he, he might get 55 or 60 million. And I don't know if they're going to do that, but Fox healed Bogdanovich, Marvin Bagley, and then like Rashawn Holmes or insert I like, Harrison Barnes. I actually Barnes. like the team. I like the fit of the team. And it's just, they made some missteps, you know? And, like, and De'Aaron they, Fox didn't take a huge jump, you know? Like he was a very well, good player again this year, but just not a big And it's big like jump. they hit like the NOS too early where it's like, hey, we had a good year. We overachieved. Let's sign Trevor Ariza and Corey Joseph and Tween Deadman. Which like, was bad, like, because they thought yeah. they were going to compete for, like, the seventh spot, and it just didn't happen. It could happen next year. I could see them making the playoffs, but we, we're going to say that about pretty much every team in yeah. the West, so maybe They're, not. They got one pick. It's the 12th pick next year, and then they have three seconds, so who knows. But they are going to have Who's some next? cap room. Uh, I think this is the last one, right? This is the – oh, no, no, sorry. San Antonio Spurs. Uh, your thoughts. They are an interesting team going into next year. Because, yeah. I, I mean, I think DeMar DeRozan is going to opt in. Yes, I think so, too. I, and they went, what was their final record in the bubble? It was good. They, they lost their last game, but. Um, yeah, 32 and 39. So they went, uh, they went five and three in the bubble. Yeah, and I think they're playing, they kind of found a lineup that Derek White was playing well. I think if they wanted to compete and get to 500 next year, they, they could. It's just like, what's the point? Right, um, so they're going to need more minutes from Lonnie Walker. So here, here's the big, the biggest question for them. Pop is going to be there next year. LaMarcus Aldridge is going to be there next year. Rudy Gay is going to be there next year. DeJounte signed that contract. He's going to be there. Patty Mills is going to be there. What do you do? You need to play Lonnie Walker. You probably need to play Kelton Johnson. DeMar I would play has a, more Calvin, more Kelton. DeMar, DeMar has a $28 million player option, $27.7 million. Do you think the Spurs want him to pick it up? No. And I think, you know, Port, Portal or whatever his name is, I like him. He's very good. They need to re-sign him. Yeah. He's very good. Like, so it's sort of like you lock into this, you know, ninth seed or whatever it is. I mean, it's – I think the thing that San Antonio has that I think gives them some sort of hope, light at the end of the tunnel, is like you're going to be mediocre next year. Uh, yeah. But then – Everyone comes off the books. DeRozan comes off. Aldridge comes off. Then you have $16 million committed in two years. So and you still have a good organizational reputation, at least. I don't know if people want to go to San Antonio minus Popovich necessarily, but um, or even with Popovich. But I think that's their best bet. I think they got to kind of chug it out for one more year. One more year. Success. Yeah. And again, it's entirely possible that DeMar DeRozan could say, like, F this. I can't win a title in San Antonio. Let me opt out and let me get two years, 30 million with like, you know, if Iguodala can get two years, 30 million, DeMar DeRozan can get 40 million, right? I mean, you well, I would just me. look at a team like Charlotte. It was like, if you pay Terry Rozier 20 million, but I don't think why and they have some cap space. Couldn't they pay DeRozan 20 million a year? Why for would four de- years? they could, but why would you do that? If you're DeMar, like you the guys, made, money. the guys made a ton of money already. Here, here's my thing. Like DeRozan is a guy that could kind of, I don't want to get into this too deep because we have one more team to discuss and then we're going to sign off. But you texted me and said, it seems like DeMar DeRozan's underrated now because yes. for the longest time, every analytics guy was like, DeRozan's overrated. He's not that good of a score. But like, let me tell you something. 
Like, if you need a bucket, there are not many guys in the league that can get you a better look in a one-on-one situation. Like, that guy gets to his spot still. Like, he plays well, I hard. Would say he's, like a, the... he's a terrible defender, though. He, he has no interest in doing it, which is a problem. So I, I say he's underrated in terms of, like, the casual – not even casual fans. The hardcore fans, the modern fans, they treat him like he's old Carmelo Anthony, where he's, like, he's – a they negative do. player and and maybe he's like you know there's a lot of good there's a lot of bad so maybe it evens out but i don't like, think he's a ne- there's no way he's a negative player not now he's he certainly on a, in the right role like yeah. if he was on like golden state instead of wiggins let's say like that would be a better team like he could that's do damage there that's interesting they they have the same just their first and their own second so yeah, I think San Antonio is going to be in the same spot next year that they are this year. Like, I think they're going to be probably between 10th and 6th. Isn't that kind of sad that, like, they're one of the more forgettable, boring teams in the league right now? Yeah, I mean, not, and again, they're, they're so well coached. They make, you, they make it so hard on you to play. They never make mistakes, but, like, they just lack what is a true, true star, you know, and that's, that's a hard thing for them. You go from Tim Duncan and Tony Parker and Man Ginobili and Kawhi Leonard to – well, Marcus Aldridge. I, I, I would say they're bottom tough. five in terms of interest. Like even a team like Atlanta, like hey Trey Young's really fun, or Minnesota, you got Carl Anthony Towns, and you have a top pick. Like there's just nothing to get excited about in San Antonio right now. Yeah, like I said, it, it'll be interesting to see. Maybe Demar says like, hey, forget it. I don't want to stay in San Antonio. Which, I, and again, I think he has it from what I've heard and. I've been told he has a good relationship with the staff and they like him and he's, you know, good with them. So I don't think he'll do that. Uh, last team, Phoenix Suns, they go eight, no in the bubble. Like you said, locked into their pick prior to, which is really good. So they can kind of say like, yeah. Oh, we ended the season. I saw Mark Stein tweet, like Phoenix can say they haven't lost since March 10th, which is pretty funny. Well, to say, you but-, know, but you know, what's nice from Phoenix because they were going to lose anyway. I mean, like the Lakers would have like beaten them in five games. Let's say, um, so now you could say, hey, we got snubbed. We have such momentum going into the next season, and we have a top 10 pick. Like, they'll be like one of those buzzy teams to like make a jump next year. I don't, yeah, it's going to be, be hard. They'll be, this year's Sacra- they'll be this year's Sacramento. But like, the problem is, right? What team in the West is getting worse? Like, seriously, what team is getting well, worse? At the top end, you're saying. Like, I think Oklahoma City maybe blows it up still. Right. Gallinari leaves anyway. Gallinari becomes probably the biggest free agent on the market just in terms of, like, who can give the most to a contender. Houston could definitely get a little bit worse for sure. They might blow it up. I mean, if Houston loses in the first round. It could happen. Yeah. And and Utah at the same time, like, we've heard about this. We've heard about this, like, Rudy and Donovan Mitchell beef. What if they trade Donovan Mitchell? Like, that's a big deal. And, I, and again, I don't know that this is the right offseason where people are just going to get, like, super plucky and be like, oh, forget this. Like, let's move guys all over the place. Like, I don't know that I see that happening. But I would say Phoenix, like, they're going to be right in the mix for the eighth spot. There's no reason yeah. that they can't be I better than – they're, they're, I'm really encouraged by them, but it's more of, like, a three-year plan. You know, it's like yeah. Booker looks great. I really liked Mikel Bridges this year. I was watching him against Luca, giving Luca some problems. He looks like Mikel Bridges looks like. Are you saying today when Luca had 18 points in 13 minutes? Yes, he was. Okay. And most of those Mikel Bridges is good. Mikel. Mikel, Mikel no, Bridges but is I good. was watching the game live. Like I would say the majority of those points were when Mikel Bridges was on the bench. No, Bridges um, is good. Bridges and Cam Johnson has been pretty good too. Pretty much the same. I want to say like I nailed that prediction. Like I, I had some high upside stuff for him. Like he could be an all rookie guy, but he's turned into like a a good shooter who can defend who you can plug. Yeah, right and in. He's, he's a little more athletic than I thought. And yeah. Mikel Bridges, I was going to say like, it was fun to watch the Suns live. Cause it's like, he looks 
like somebody like put him together wrong. You know, it's like yeah, his arms are so long. It's like, like they gave him two arms that are like stacked on top yeah. of each other. He, uh, I remember he's from just outside Pennsylvania, just outside Philly. And when I was at Temple, we were recruiting him, and he looked the same, only smaller and thinner. Like his arms were still so long. Well, and it's he also like, like what's five. weird about him is like, what's the part of your arm? Like the not your forearm. What's the top part of your arm? Bicep or whatever. Yeah, bicep. Whatever, whatever that point is before your forearm, like that part is like three times as long as like a normal human. So, and then his elbows are like where my thumbs would be. So the thing, yeah, he's a goofy looking dude, but he's on a rookie deal. Cam Johnson, rookie deal. Ty Jerome didn't play so much on a rookie deal. DeAndre Ayton's still on a rookie deal. Booker's on a max. uh, And then you still have Ricky Rubio at 17 million, Kelly Oubre at 14 and a half, which is going to be interesting to see what they do with him. But they've got some space for free, for some free agents as well. Like, and I don't know who fits on that spot. I don't know what they do with the tenth pick. We we've argued about. We've talked about this before. Like, does a guy like R.J. Hampton with a ton of upside make sense? Well, do does you think make, like talk about like Nas? Like, when do you go for it? Like, Phoenix, let's say I'd you're wait, James I'd wait, Jones. I'd wait one year. I'd wait. Yeah, one I year. think so too. Because I was thinking you could maybe package your pick and Kelly Oubre and. I don't think. Hey, you go get Aaron Gordon. Maybe that would. Well, let me ask you this it. question: Would you trade? DeAndre Ayton and the, and the 10th pick for Carl Towns. Well, I love Carl Towns, so probably, yes. But That might not be I, enough, honestly. I don't know. I, yeah. I, I truly don't know. But you're going to end up paying Ayton anyway. Like, his numbers are going to be too good in a year or two. Like, maybe he's a 22 and 12 guy. Well, here's a better question for you. And that's a good question. I agree. Because, you know, Booker and Ayton, I mean, and Carl Towns are friends. Let's say you're James Jones and you're like, the owner comes to you and says, I want to make the playoffs next year or you're fired. Unrealistic, maybe. So, and he gives you an offer in a, you know, an envelope. You could trade Aiton for Joel Embiid. Yeah, I would do it. And just try to Booker and Embiid. I, I mean, I don't, I don't love it just because I think it's two kind of like softer personalities, but like I, I would do it. Like Embiid's that good. And if you're trying to go for it, like Booker and I mean, you have two top 20 players. And you and you have one guy who's a ridiculously good defender when he plays. So like that, Aiton for all his you know shine as an offensive player is a very poor defensive player. So like if you get Embiid, you have an offensive player who might not be quite as efficient, and then you have a way better defensive player. I'd do that in a second. I don't. The Sixers probably wouldn't do it though. I don't think the Sixers are prepared to do that. But I just like the idea of Aiton being a little younger and fleeter than you know Embiid, and he, he's more durable. You presume. Um, he looks old too, though, I and mean, he looks no, thirty, maybe. and and Embiid looks forty. He's, so he's I don't know looked he's like that, and he's looked like that forever. So, but anyway, I, I mean, I think like for those teams, like w- one thing I will say is like with the Wizards, like they played a lot of young guys. Phoenix obviously took the games really seriously. You know, Charles Barkley was like harping on this a ton. Like they got better. San Antonio like played some young guys, like well, Drew Eubanks. Like they definitely got better. Can I and put I, a bow on this? Like, because I want to ask you this, because I think it's a good question. All these teams. We talked about Washington. We talked about. New Orleans, Sacramento, the Spurs, Suns, Memphis is in the play-in. We're not talking about Memphis. But of the other teams that didn't make it, you had to bet your life. You had to bet your child on one of these teams making the playoffs next year. Who would it be? I don't know. It's an interesting question. Probably San Antonio. If I really had to bet, like if I was going to – because I'll take who I think is going to be the most consistent. Can't trust Zion's health. I think we've seen that. We don't know what the season's going to look like. I'm going to take the best coach and the best organization to try to figure it out. Even if I really think like their ceiling is like the eighth seed, you know, like New Orleans could put it all together and be like third seed, right? Phoenix 
maybe could put it all together and be a little bit better. But like, I just think San Antonio is going to give you the most, they're just going to finish at 42 to 45 wins like every time. Right. Like, and I don't even know, it might be less than that too. It might be like 38 wins or something, but at the end of the question, because all there's so many of them in the West that you'd think all of them are less than 20. Like I'd probably take the, if I had to pick up any team to make the playoffs next year, I'd probably take the wizards. Right. That's about as, that was going to be my answer just because they're in the East. They're in the East and the, you know, they could be better than Orlando. And so I just think that that part to me is different, but again, I, I think, you know, if you look at the bubble teams, like Sacramento goes, Sacramento goes three and five. The Pelicans just didn't even care. Two wins, depending on what they do on Friday. San Antonio, five and two or five and three, right? Five and two. I think they went, what, five and three? So who's your award for, they're going to announce bubble awards. Who's your award for the most disappointing team? Is it the Wizards for no, not New even or- trying? Or is no, it New Orleans. Because the Wizards yeah. tried with like a roster of people that they didn't really care about. Like New Orleans just didn't care. Like New Orleans set the tone the first night of the bubble when they needed to win a game that they just were like, forget it. We don't care. Wait, we're going to protect Zion, which is weird because like six seconds is going to like make a big difference. So like, I think new Orleans to me, I would be mad if I was a guy like JJ Redick that like I took a two year deal and, and I, I think I wasted probably this year, you know, and he'll never say that. And he might, he might. JJ gets away with a lot but of you stuff. Know, it's, it's just the, so disappointing because everyone was so excited about new Orleans you know, early in the season coming into the bubble. It's like you had a great like first date with a girl and then the second date she like poops in the middle of the table. You know, like I will will say this though, like and we'll talk about this a little bit on Sunday, but the other two teams that are right up there for most disappointing, Los Angeles Lakers, Milwaukee Bucks. And I'm not gonna say that like I think like because Toronto was the only good team that I think played really, really well. But like Boston and Toronto both played better than Milwaukee, right? Indiana might have played better than Milwaukee. Yeah, but but I don't want to get into this now. I don't want to get into this now. So that's why we're excited. We wanted to get these teams out of the way, so to speak, because we're going to do like a mega playoff preview this weekend. Yeah, this is this is exactly that is true. So Sunday, I don't know. Where where do people bet on this stuff? uh, Betonline.ag. Just bet online now. But uh, Zan, I uh, the bubble was was fun, and so I think the playoffs will be a lot of fun too. We don't need this like March Madness type atmosphere. It'll be fun to watch teams scheme against each other and and really try because it did feel like this last three or four days, like teams were like, okay, we're going to get ready for the playoffs, and so that is uh, you know I'm excited to see that be done, but. Sandrakellison at gmail.com. Email the show. And uh, as always, it's a pleasure. Take care, Tyler. Thanks for listening to the Underdog Sports NBA Show with your hosts, Tyler Laurie and Zandrick Ellison. Tune in next week for more NBA storylines and news.